On Friday, the Miami Hurricanes held their second scrimmage of fall camp. Is Mario Cristobal satisfied? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked On Canes your first listen. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. On Friday, Miami Hurricanes held their second scrimmage of fall camp. Uh, unlike the first, which was open to the public, this one was zero dark 30. This one was locked down and... Uh, Miami did release to me and other members of the media some post-practice transcripts. Mario Cristobal talking with Don Bailey Jr., the Miami Hurricanes color analyst. And some of Mario's answers were really interesting. We also did have some stats that leaked out from that scrimmage as well. But So Don Bailey asked Mario Cristobal after that scrimmage, quote, are you happy as you can be at this point in camp with the conditioning and physicality aspect of this football team? Mario's answer, I absolutely love. He says, I've been coaching now 27 or 28 years, and I don't know if the word happy is ever in it. <laughs> that word is so foreign when it comes to it. What I legitimately say is I'm enthused about the process of the program. The guys in the locker room, the culture, the DNA, the drive behind it daily. It's what you want to see daily. You want to see guys going in to meet. You want to see guys going in, uh, doing the right things. He said, guys, finishing drills the right way, blocking technique and fundamentals, making corrections the right way. We've seen a lot of progress there, and we're going to keep pushing that hard to make more progress. So, no, Mario is not happy. Mario is definitely not satisfied right now. This thing is still a work in progress, and you should not be happy at all coming off of a 5-7 and seven season until you write that wrong this coming season. But when Mario talks about doing things the right way, this underlines to me why it was so important to overturn half that roster, right? Because you had enough players last season that were not in sync with their coaches, were not in sync with their teammates, and were not working the way this staff expects them to work. Happy you moved on from a lot of the players who were on the team last year. And now you've got, hopefully, because again, until you face those live bullets and until you face real adversity, you don't know for sure. But I think Miami now has a locker room that is vastly made up of players who understand the work that it takes and have that sort of harmony with one another. Um, now, again, I mentioned we do have some stats that came out of that second fall scrimmage. Uh, the stats came courtesy of Inside the U, so kudos to those guys for posting these. So, uh, yeah, reportedly, it was another really good day for Miami's offensive line, opening up holes in the running game and doing a nice job in pass protection as well. Sounds like they did a little bit better of a job in pass pro in this scrimmage than they did in the first one. And I go to someone who I thought was the MVP at Canes Fest, may very well have been the MVP of this second scrimmage, and that's A.J. Allen, the running back transfer from Nebraska, carried seven times for 91 yards in this scrimmage. 
folks, I'm telling you, um, A.J. Allen, he's got a shot to be the starting running back come September 1st. It's been Henry Parrish's job to lose coming out of last season. A.J. might be the guy who pushes him to the limit. Now, eventually, eventually, I think we'll see Mark Fletcher getting a lot. He's going to get a lot of burn all throughout the year. Will Mark Fletcher eventually be Miami's starting running back even by, let's say, the end of the season coming up, perhaps? But I think this might be A.J. Allen's time when the year starts. Tyler Van Dyke went 13 for 23 for 194 yards. He threw one touchdown and one interception. Daryl Porter was the guy who grabbed that INT. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. Uh, and, yeah, according to these reports coming out of that practice, nice to see this again, that all three of Miami's starting receivers, Colby Young, Xavier Restrepo, and Jacoby George, all three of them made at least one big play. Same thing at Canes Fest. And you look at the lack of big plays, really the lack of plays, period, made by Miami's wide receiver core last year. It's nice to know the passing game looks to be more dangerous, more explosive, and hopefully a little bit more vertical this year than it was last year. On defense, uh, a freshman and a sophomore made some more noise. Ruben Bain and Nigelique Kelly each generated two sacks apiece. Okay, so that was nice to hear. Uh, Mario Cristobal was asked afterwards by Don Bailey, uh, you were looking for a lot of consistency. Did that consistency show up? Cristobal says at times it did, which I mean, wouldn't I not not to nitpick here, but I don't know if you can say at times consistency showed up because that seems like a little bit of, a, of an oxymoron. You're either consistent or you're not. But at times the consistency showed up, he said uh, they got after the, the defense got after the offense defensively. They were very consistent, he said. Uh, they allowed an explosive play, and then they buckled down and made it difficult in every way, shape, and form. First down, bringing pressure, knocking back the run, and they made it very difficult on third down when we had some lightning outside and had to come inside. The script was flipped. The running game started flowing. We started connecting with some of the bigger shots we were taking. We talked about that with the receivers. We just looked more efficient on offense and made some explosive plays, he said. Uh, the goal line scrimmage, the short yards, we got exactly what we wanted out of that, Mario said. We wanted physical play, healthy play, of course, but we got better. We got better at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. We got more demanding in terms of effort with how to finish plays, especially in those situations. There was progress and then, of course, a lot of work to do. Yeah, because... Um, Miami is heading into, as we're seeing now on multiple fronts, how important of a season is this for the Canes, right? Because year two of Mario Cristobal, some of you give him a pass for last year. A lot of you don't give him a pass for last year. The bottom line is in year two, he's got more of his own players. So many more of the players he recruited and got in the transfer portal. He's had an opportunity to course correct his coaching staff because the coaching staff did not work together in harmony last year, brought in a lot of new guys who he hopes and expects will work together in a way that last year's coaching staff did not. So after all these changes and after a tough first year, it's up to Mario Cristobal and staff and players to show significant improvements this year. So it's an important season for that. Uh, and it's also an important season for, and we are going to talk a little bit of recruiting later on in this episode, um, you know, you can't expect to go five and seven, six and six and get results on the trail because as we talked about in our Sunday episode, Miami's recruiting class to this point, class of 2024, it may not be as catastrophic as some of you out there are making it out to be currently having the 15th class in the country. It's not as catastrophic as some of you think, but 
I cannot ignore the fact that Miami has had some misses, most recently Kamari and Franklin. Uh, you know, you've got some South Florida players who may be projected to go elsewhere. So you hate to see these guys leave home and not stay at the crib. And if you're going to try to close this recruiting class strong, class of 2024, the best way to do that is go out there and win eight, nine, ten games. That's going to go a long way because a lot of these players who are either undecided or committed elsewhere and maybe flip candidates want to see Miami improve on the field improve on the field and recruiting is going to improve along with that we have so much coming up on this episode of locked on cane speaking of improvement i'm going to give you on the other side based on everything i've seen and heard from fall camp so far players who were on the team last year into this year the guys who i feel have been the most improved in fall camp to this point. We're not talking about newcomers. We'll get to them later on in the week, but players who were on the team last year who are showing tangible improvements on the field this year. That means we're only getting started. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Keep it locked to LinkedIn because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers, do you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level? I encourage you to sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. You get text messages directly from my phone to your phone with recruiting scoops, practice updates, breaking news, all sorts of insights that we get here. We'll give them to you on the subtext before I can give them to you on an episode. One-on-one -on -one questions and answers, again, directly from my phone to yours. You want to try it free for 14 days with the link below. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. So check out our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. Guys, it's been really fun uh, watching fall camp so far. There's been a lot we haven't been able to see as the media, like the scrimmage that was closed the other day. Uh, but in terms of the practices, I've been able to watch Canes Fest a little over a week ago. I would love to run down players that I think so far have been improving from last year. And some of these guys, I think, are benefiting from the new coaching. Right. That, you know, maybe the systems last year, Josh Gaddis's offense, Kevin Steele's defense didn't maximize some of Miami's players who look to be improving and thriving under Shannon Dawson on offense or Lance Guidry on defense. So um, I want to start with the offensive side of the football. And yes, I do believe this young man is going to be one of the most improved players on the team, if not one of the most improved in the ACC based on what he did last year. Two years ago was very good. Last year was a rough year for a number of different reasons. Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke, I believe, is going to have a big bounce back year. Number one, he's healthy. He's got better protection this year to keep him healthy. 
there any concerns about, you know, that shoulder issue, which I think he's put behind him, but they're going to keep him from getting hit as much as he was last year. He's got more weapons around him. The running game looks to be a lot deeper when you add guys like A.J. Allen and Mark Fletcher. You add Shamar Kirk uh, and Tyler Harrell to the passing game, Ray Ray Joseph and Robbie Washington. And maybe most importantly, when I talk about players benefiting from their coaching, uh, Tyler Van Dyke has uh, a scheme that is a lot more pass game friendly and just a lot friendlier to his characteristics from Shannon Dawson. And this is something we don't talk about nearly enough. I think Tyler is going to benefit from his offensive coordinator also being his quarterback's coach because last year his offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach were two different people and it was like oil and water. They didn't they didn't mix together where this year and Shannon Dawson reports to Shannon Dawson. The, the quarterback's coach is also the offensive coordinator. So I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to benefit from that as well. And I, I think you're going to see the type of bounce back year that's going to have people talking about Van Dyke's draft stock again heading into the 2024 NFL draft. I think he's going to be really good this year. Uh, another player who I think is going to be much improved. Now, we did see flashes last year, but I think we're going to see it more consistently. And I'm talking about Colby Young at wide receiver, who has been a starter all throughout fall camp so far. I believe he's going to be a starting receiver come September 1st. Colby Young, uh, he's going to become an even more dangerous red zone target. You know, he's six foot five. And with the offense being friendlier to the passing game, I think he's going to catch a lot of touchdowns this year. And Young, not only is he another year more comfortable with, you know, his coaches and teammates, but he's improved his speed by trimming down. He's transformed his body because he thought he came in a little heavy last year. Uh, he's trimmed down, put on some lean muscle. And yeah, his best games last year, started to happen right before Tyler Van Dyke got injured. So TVD and Colby were building some chemistry right before TVD had the shoulder problems. In the two games before that injury, Colby Young had nine catches for 110 yards and a touchdown against Virginia Tech. Then he had six catches for 127 yards and two touchdowns against Duke. And then Van Dyke got injured and Young never found his consistency again. So I think he's going to have a monster year. And what we saw from Colby Young for a couple of games last year, I believe is going to play out over the course of several games this year. Uh, and I'm also going to throw out a shout out to Jacoby George. You know, I was talking with our friend Chalupa Batman. We were running some ideas off each other about most improved players. And, you know, I thought you know he, he made a good point because Jacoby George never really had the opportunity to find a lot of consistency last year because he missed the early part of the season with suspension, had some injury issues, and then you had the quarterback musical chairs game of last year, and the offense completely came off the rails. Uh, I think Jacoby George, who is always a smooth route runner and a guy who can make big-time plays in space, uh, and has been, as we mentioned, He's had at least one big play in every scrimmage Miami's had so far in fall. I think he's going to be really improved as well. On the offensive line, I'm going to go with Inez Cooper is going to improve from last year. And he was good last year. Like he was good enough to be, um, for most of the season, the right guard starter as a freshman. But he's, he's really getting developed well. Uh, a little bit rough around the edges last year. But he's getting developed so nicely by Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal. Uh, especially in trimming down because Inez Cooper came in around 400 pounds last year and he has trimmed down to 345 and he looks still physically dominant. He's as strong as he was before, but he's now quicker 
And that extra quickness is going to help him bring his game to the new levels, uh, especially downfield run blocking. So I think Inez Cooper is going to have a nice year. And Miami's offensive line, I think, is going to be in really good shape. We talked about how much the pass protection is improving. I do worry a little bit about the depth, especially in the interior. But fingers crossed, if Miami's five starters can stay healthy, which are um, and obviously Zion Nelson is not healthy just yet. So Jalen Rivers, who I think is going to do the job fine at left tackle, Javion Cohen at left guard, Matt Lee at center, Big Coop at right guard, and Big CeCe, Francis Maui Noah at right tackle. Uh, I think, you know, that starting five, I would put him against almost any other in the Atlantic Coast Conference, no question about that. And I think Big Coop is going to bring his game to even higher levels this year. And, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw some honorable mentions out to some other wide receivers. I know we talked about Colby Young and Jacoby George, and I just, I'm, you know, again, practice, <laughs> practice, but I'm seeing improvements in practice by a lot of players in this group. Isaiah Horton, Frank Ladson, and Michael Redding. You know, all these guys unlikely to be starters this year because Miami's receiver rotation is getting so deep. But all of these guys, Horton, who I think is going to be the understudy for Colby Young, which makes sense because he's got the similar body type. Uh, you know, Ladson, I've seen him make some good plays in camp. And Michael Redding was one of the better players at Canes Fest last week. So I think these guys hopefully are going to get more consistent and more reliable as backups uh, because there wasn't enough reliability in the receiving core last year. All right, let's talk defense. Some players I think are going to see who were on the team last year, who I think are going to show big-time improvements this year. Daryl Porter Jr., he's someone who's been standing out over the past week. I mentioned he had an interception in that second scrimmage against Tyler Van Dyke, and he is he's fighting for a starting job opposite Devontae Brown. I think Devontae Brown, the UCF transfer, is probably locked down one of the outside corner spots, but Daryl Porter is fighting for the other. And I think right now he might have a slight advantage over the likes of Damari Brown and Judeus Richard. And a lot of that has to do with Porter's experience and just how well he's been playing. And that's a battle. You talk about position battles, that, that three-way battle royale between Damari Brown, Richard, and Daryl Porter has been an interesting one. And Daryl Porter has had a really good camp so far, and he followed up a really good spring. So he's he's looked really improved heading into this year. Uh, another one, uh, staying in the defensive backfield, Markeith Williams. Markeith has added some size to go along with his great height. Like, he's in the 6'4", six, 6'5", six, range, you know, somewhat similar body type to James Williams he's not quite as much of an Adonis as James Williams is but he's close um, and Mark Heath looks comfortable in Lance Guidry's defense uh, I've seen him show a lot of improvements from last year and I think he's going to be Miami's next man up at safety he's going to be the third guy in that rotation and you can expect him to get a lot more playing time this year when James Williams gets to move around roam around the field line up in the box so this is an important developmental year for Mark Heath because he needs to be probably the man in that safety room next year, 2024, because Cam Kinchins and James Williams are likely to both move on to the NFL after this season. So Markeith Williams needs to show you he is the heir apparent, so to speak. And then the last one I'll give to you uh, on players who were here last year who I see big-time improvement from at linebacker Corey Flagg. And this nomination, Corey Flagg, this comes directly from the mouth of Miami's defensive coordinator. Because Lance Guidry said it a couple weeks ago, nobody has improved more from spring to fall than Corey Flagg. 
And a lot of that has to do with him getting healthier because he was dealing with a foot problem during spring. Uh, he worked really, really hard to get through that. He's always one of the most cerebral players on the team. Son of a coach. He knows how to study film. Sets a really good example for his teammates. Uh, so, yeah, Corey Flagg had to go on the list because the defensive coordinator said so. And I, I love it. And, you know, I think Flag is probably going to be a second teamer this year, but a really, really valuable depth piece. And, you know, Miami's linebacker group looks much improved from where they were a year ago. We're going to get more bad news this weekend in recruiting. Good news or bad news? Saturday's a big day, my friends. Two Miami Hurricanes targets are going to be announcing on Saturday. Are we going to be popping the champagne or... <laughs> Are we going to be, uh, you know, crying? I don't know. We, we will find out, but we're, we'll talk about it when we come back. We're not done yet on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, you don't even have to wait till tomorrow to get our next content here. So uh, I am about to, in a couple minutes, I'm about to head up to the University of Miami because they have coach and player media availability today. Going to be talking with Mario Cristobal and a handful of Miami players today. I know Leonard Taylor is going to be speaking today. He is among those who's going to be talking to the media. I think five or six guys are going to be available to us. And you know what that means? It's going to be all over our YouTube channel today. For those who sub subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you don't, Locked on Canes is where to find us. Make sure to hit subscribe and also help us reach our goal because we're trying to hit 11,000 YouTube subscribers by the time Miami kicks off their season on September 1st. We're over 10,800, so we're getting there. We're getting really close to 11,000. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, subscribe today, and we're going to have a handful of video interviews posted on our channel later today, including Mario Cristobal summing up fall camp so far as we are starting week four of fall camp. So as we talked about on, uh, on our Sunday episode, David Stone, five-star defensive tackle from IMG Academy is going to be announcing his verbal commitment on Saturday uh, where Oklahoma has been long considered the favorite. Miami has kind of been trending in second place with Michigan State right in that neighborhood as well. Stoney is going to announce on Saturday. And then we found out yesterday around lunchtime, Saquon Patterson, five-star safety out of Chaminade. He has locked in his decision date He's also going to announce on Saturday. And folks, this one is looking really tricky here. So for Zaquan Patterson, it's coming down between Miami, Florida State, Michigan, Auburn, and Ohio State. Oh, sounds like there's a lot of work to be done over the next five days, folks, because, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of potentially bad news because I'm not going to call it bad news until a decision is made. But right now, the trends look to be favoring the Seminoles over the Hurricanes for Zaquan Patterson. Not saying that can't change, right? Because how many times did the tides change on Camarion Franklin in the few days leading up to his announcement? He ultimately chose Ole Miss over Auburn and Miami. Uh, definitely things can change between now and Saturday. And the Hurricanes, I believe, need to make a serious push for Zaquan Patterson because not only is he local and you hate to see the local players leave the area, um, you also, you want to keep that pipeline into Chaminade churning because they have so much talent there. You've got Jojo Trader committed in your class, but 
you know, if you're trying to potentially pull off a miracle flip of Jeremiah Smith, you'd be in a much stronger position if you get another one of his Chaminade teammates in Zaquan Patterson, because I know that's something Florida State, they want to use a guy like Zaquan Patterson to try and help flip Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State. Miami would like to do the same thing. And then the other part of it is, this is a darn good football player, and Miami's going to need safeties, young safeties, because I just talked about it when we were talking about Markeith Williams. He's the heir apparent to be the top guy next year. So we're likely, Miami's likely to lose both Cam Kitchens and James Williams to the NFL next year. Um, and so recruiting at that position, development, and a guy, of course, like Caleb Spencer, who's on the team now, true freshman, is another one who needs to step up big time, and he's been looking pretty good. But you need to load up that safety room. Safety and defensive tackle are both so important right now because those are areas where Miami does not have the greatest depth for the future. So Saquon Patterson's decision, you know, I know obviously Miami has not given up yet. And with five days to go right now, the sentiment feels like Florida state could be the favorite. Hopefully Miami can remind him young man, you don't have to go far from home to play high level college football. And Zaquan seems like a great dude in addition to being a great football player. So I'm hoping Miami can pull something off here and land this player. Lance Guidry, Jamila Dye, let's go. These are crucial five days coming up. And David Stone as well. We'll be covering David Stone's recruitment for the next five days uh, because Oklahoma fans are really concerned he's coming to Miami. Miami fans are really concerned he's going to Oklahoma. He's sending so many mixed signals. Maybe he'll throw everybody off and go to Michigan State. But, yeah, after not landing Camarion Franklin, David Stone becomes even more important. So hopefully Miami is putting all their chips on the table and doing whatever they can to land the five-star defensive tackle standout out of IMG Academy. We will talk more, of course, about David Stone and Zaquan Patterson throughout the week. I just wanted to let you guys know where Miami stands. They're very much alive for both, but Stoney has been trending to Oklahoma. Zaquan, in recent days, has been trending to Florida State. Let's hope Miami can change that narrative. Thank you guys again so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. Take us with you wherever you go by listening to the audio version. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast, listen in the car, listen on a jog, or if you prefer the video version, you can get it at YouTube, Locked on Canes. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on this video. We will talk to you again next time. Uh, and remember, we will have many, many videos of players and coaches coming up later today on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.